Alrighty, welcome to the Creedcast once again. Thank you for listening as always. Thank you for putting yourself through the torture with me of being a Port fan because we, oh no, we suck again. Um, it's uh, It's been a rough, rough few weeks, hasn't it? And, um, you know, I kind of said it uh, after the Colton game and, you know, this isn't told you so stuff. We only, we only have um, opinions and, and, projections and and predictions until things actually come to the fore uh you know the the events come to bear but you know just it just felt like after that carlton game was pretty flat and i'd already been a little bit worried about our form since the bye and you know just things were just feeling like they weren't clicking quite as well as they had been during the streak and you know looking at the games going forward you know after carlton was obviously collingwood which we played some decent footy and, and and unlucky to lose in many ways but also you know, Collingwood are a good team, and they were they deserve the win as well. It's just one of those, you know, top level games that happens like that. But you know, then the showdown afterwards, it was it was a tough run of games, and you could see um, an unfortunate streak on its way if if we didn't put our didn't do the right things, and and we certainly once again in a showdown this year, which is um one of the it's it's really unforgivable to have that kind of effort out there and and to be completely overrun twice and and i put the tweet out there after the game and you know some crows accounts are still trying to troll but some are kind of i think understanding that i'm actually just gen, being genuine um you know they understood the assignment twice this year and we didn't um which is quite disappointing um we should never be questioning effort and and planning and and anything for showdowns you know it's a at the end of the day, it's just, you know, some people would say, well, it's four points um, regardless of who you beat. But um, the showdowns are an important game on the calendar every year. And as much as, you know, the Crows fans that like to make fun of the the pre-game um, media lines that we have out there, which, again, I just think people make too big of a deal of, you know, we do not like them. Um, you know, the word hate, some people seem to just have a conniption about it's fine um you know many of the things that the crows players talk about is saying that between the lines anyway um whether it's dislike hate whatever word you want to use hate's just a a common term it doesn't mean to it you know the type of hate it is is certainly not the same as you know a, a hate that um you know i don't want to get into politics or whatever but the, some of those more ve- vehement hates out there yeah it's not going to be that though getting that it gets there for me sometimes (laughs) but um obviously that chuckle is meaning i'm joking like man i already sometimes think when i say stuff i'm just like i already have to backtrack because some idiot's going to listen to this and take it completely wrong but um all of that stuff um you know these games are important and and in that sense um the crows you know whether or not their team likes to um not make a big deal of it during the week they 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 turn up on game day knowing it's a big game and 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 respect to them for that so i don't have much respect for them as a franchise but what they put out in the field on the day i can respect the effort and and the players uh, well most of the players that were out there won um obvious showdown medalist aside um and you know we all have our you know i have my reasons there um that are probably pretty obvious but um yeah it was disappointing um i I just can't, uh, I can't reconcile myself with the fact that we once again um, came in with a, just just a, a woeful lack of effort, 
Um, and you know we're we're a team that we've never been. You know, this year we've the contested ball has been something we've not often won, but it's often been close. Um, but when we look at the uh, you know the contested ball numbers again against the Crows, just it wasn't quite as um, shockingly different to the uh, the first result from what I remember. I think the first game was pretty rough in the contested ball numbers, but you know, still they just get more of the ball. Um, they use it better. Um, obviously, we got the inside fifties, but you know, we're up above our average for the average for the year. Um, Sixty-five inside fifties. You should be winning a game when you get that many. But look, I mean, this is the number here. This is one that I don't think I've seen us be this inefficient inside fifty in a long, long time. Um, we had 65 inside 50s. Our season average, which I think it's dropped below 50 because of this game, <laughs> we're at 49.7% um, efficiency inside 50, which is actually uh, across a season is pretty disappointing. We should you should just be above 50 if you're a good team. Um, but the efficiency inside 54 this match was 33.8% compared to their 57.1 match one and lost right there and that's really um it's it's your ball movement through the middle sometimes you know because we were getting it forward but we just we were getting it forward so slowly and 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 terribly that you know and then and it was just a long bomb inside after losing after just struggling to find the ideas to get it inside 50 and it's just it just wasn't working um contested possessions minus 18 so still pretty pretty horrifically bad um for two teams that um, the Crows do average four more contested possessions per game across this season um, but so but you know if you'd had a discrepancy but it's just we were losing in the contest we were losing in possession um, our ball use was pretty terrible I think um, just overall efficiency we were at 68.8 so 2% less than our season average they were 73.9 it was just a touch above their season average so they they just did what they played their game and we allowed them to and we weren't we, we just succumbed to the the pressure once again which is um again unforgivable in the, the games of this status um and to do it twice in a season um pretty pretty similar um you know similar fashions uh it's uh it's pretty rough and and something i'm you know still struggling to reconcile myself with but obviously there's not much more to say about it when you know we watched the game i don't want to get into it too much more those are just a couple of things that i brought, i found alarming when i looked at the stats earlier this week and thought i'd bring up but overall we know that we just failed um just completely and utterly miserably failed and obviously it wasn't the only failure in the match and um i guess it's about time <sighs> take a deep breath maybe um take a I don't know, take a fucking Xanax or something and then get into the <laughs> get into uh, the concussion thing alright so I'm going to try and keep this as short as I possibly can to get through this and not you know l get belaboured by the details and and other things but I'm sure I'll waffle on a little bit just trying to get my thoughts out on it because it's, it's been it's been tough to deal with on the on the Twitter sphere because people you know Twitter's uh, or X as it is now I'm, just, I'm always going to call it Twitter I think I said that last week um, it, the, bre the brevity of the platform makes it hard to get all your thoughts out in one thing so you've either got to do threads or you've got to try and do it as concisely as possible and sometimes the, the points can be missed which has been happening often this week um, look first of all it was a it was obviously a bad look and, and we made a mistake in the in the um, execution of protocols uh, 
while Aaliyah wasn't concussed on the night, it was obviously a, a head knock that, uh, you know, optics show that he probably he should have been kept off. Um, as Same with Lockie Jones, who was kept off. Uh, but first of all, I want to just state on the match itself, the idea that uh, our doctors and coaching and staff and all that are there and think that they can get away with this in the current setup and the the modern era of the AFL with concussion awareness and all those kind of things and awareness around head injuries, etc., etc., etc. I just want people that think that to take a step back and think about what that what kind of mental gymnastics you have to take to think that oh if we just do this there's a million cameras on them um, and it's in a showdown all this stuff. Now I think we can get away with it. We live in the real world for a second and, and, and figure that one out. Because to think that they tried to gain a deliberate advantage and thought they could get away with it, considering where the AFL was at now. I even saw someone, it was one of the crow, one of the random crows, because all the crows pog things have been showing up on my, that For You feed thing on X. Uh... I guess because they're talking about port. I don't know. It's just like there's been a flood of it this week that I've never seen before. Um, and so many of them are like, oh, God, imagine, God, this is going to really look bad for the AFL in 20 years when they're dealing with a lawsuit. I'm like, they're already, they already are. Like, the the, the, the optics, the, the, the scrutiny's on the AFL now. And the awareness is out there. So there wasn't, there was never going to be, the club was never going to deliberately try and flout the rules in that sense because it was, they were not going to get away with it. It was not going to happen. So to think that a doctor that's been in the profession, and it's quite, I find it, it, I'm not one to sit there and say, you know, lawyers just get after people on Twitter and litigate everyone, but it would be interesting if the doctor was just like, no, fuck it, because there's a lot of people just basically, you know, making libelous claims about his profession and without evidence. Now, if there was evidence for it, sure, go for it. If you want to, but just the fact that people spit so much vitriol on Twitter and and, and libelous claims about people's professions um, is quite... And, you know, I've, I've probably been guilty of it in the past too, um, but I will admit to that. But uh, I called a few people out on it, and they just said, no, no, it's there. The evidence is there. They clearly cheated. I'm like, no, I don't see what you're saying. So that is the first point about it, um, to think that we deliberately tried to gain an advantage. Now... I'm sure that with the chaos and the bench with two people off with head injuries and all that stuff, it was possibly like, Jesus, you know, is what like how are they going? We need to get one back on. Like, are they good? Like, is one of it? Like, have they? Uh, do they need the end? and? You know, there's probably uh, the actual thing that happens in human life is when chaotic situations happen, protocols can fail a little bit. Think about any situation in life. Uh, you know, I'm sure, I don't want to. You know, you I mean you think about. Um, as a history major, every moment in history that's got, that, you know, when, when you look at the history of battles and warfare and things like that, when things really start to fall apart is when chaos happens and then, you know, people have to make decisions under pressure and sometimes the wrong decisions are made and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, it was just a chaotic situation where human errors were made due to the chaos of the situation and the checks and balances weren't there, aren't, still aren't together enough in the AFL world on the head because there should be more independent scrutiny on it should be someone that can overrule a decision or that you have to you know you have to 
the player can't even go back on before he th- there's been a dialogue between an independent adjudicator that's on the bench maybe like an independent AFL appointed adjudicator on the bench that or between the benches that you know has a word with the doctor and they they're on the same page until that happens they can't go back on something like that there is a lot of things that can actually be fixed um, that aren't like Port Adelaide alone but Port Adelaide obviously need to make sure their protocols are a bit tighter as well so first of all obviously I just it's just a wild conspiracy unless evidence comes out that oh there's there's recordings on the bench of them have literally having a discussion then I'll hold my hand up and say geez that's shit and all of them should be fired if that happens but there is no evidence of it the board have owned up to it the doctor himself the next morning said I, I got it wrong so that part of it is just ludicrous to think that without the evidence that there's some conspiracy that they're going to try and get away with something in this day and age. I guess the next line of weird reasoning that's come out of this afterwards is that there's this idea that if you're a Port fan and you don't want to see the wrath of the wrath of the gods come down on Port Adelaide for what was a and I'm trying to find the best way to put this without you know, because people any wording you use that isn't subject to their own um subjective desires uh, they'll, they'll see as you mi- minimizing the events um, but yeah anyone that doesn't you know if you don't want if for whatever you deem what Port did a misdemeanor a mistake a failure in protocols which I've just called it a failure in protocols it's um it was a, it was a mistake which they've admitted to but the fact if you don't want to see for a fair corner of Twitter if you didn't want to see a combination of draft picks lost and premiership points gone and a fucking half a million dollar fine or something like that, then you just don't care about player welfare. Now, those things are just... don't. That doesn't make any... It's just a, a breakdown in cognition to put those things together. The ironic thing is, I have not seen many tweets even mentioning Alir or Lockie Jones's name just it's just if you don't care about player well you know this is outrageous Port need to be punished to the to the ultimate degree because you know they're serial offenders which by the way is just a misrepresentation of facts as well um whatever you think about the optics of Zach Butters and uh, Tom Jonas last year they were both fine um unless something comes out in years later but you know they've haven't shown any long-term symptoms or anything like that and they were cleared of the symptoms and they went back on it's just optics didn't look good because it was a nasty clash but you can have nasty clashes and not be concussed or have any long-term effects you know you sometimes it just sometimes it just smashes your face up as well so that's one thing um people keep talking about Hartlett's concussion seven years ago which he was wasn't concussed he, he was fine it was that again was a failure in protocol. He he was meant to he got the he got tested, and uh, and was cleared of concussion on the day and went back on, but didn't go back on. They didn't give him. I think they didn't inform um, the person on the bench or whatever, and and, and he went back on before the allotted time um, was up. So there's that. Also, people have I've seen people mention, oh, well, what about the suspended fine from then? It, just a quick Google tells you that that fine was that happened in 2016, and I think it was the suspended portion of that ran through to the end of 2018. So that's the the original incidents over seven years ago. 
the fine, the suspended portion was through to the end of 2018. So just 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 do some basic googling before you start talking about all the things that Port are meant to be getting from this when we didn't. Um, so yeah, there's this this idea that we have this history of ignoring player welfare, which is just is just mis misrepresenting the facts. I would say that there's there's um, unfortunately, you know, you could say there's a pattern of just when thing when the heat of the battle go, gets going because I think that Hamish Hartlett won one of the mitigating factors that the AFL put in there was the fact that um, Brad Ebert was off the field um, dealing with uh, I think he had a rib injury or something like that. So the doctors were in multiple places at once, and again, the failure in protocol somewhat comes down to when dealing with the head injuries alongside um, other medical fact, medical things that just happen in football games, whether there needs to be greater controls come like arbitrated by the AFL that mean that the, the teams don't have to make these ultimate decisions themselves, which I think is what we'll get to um, eventually with all of this in mind. Um, so yeah, and there's obviously the the May, Sam May stories come out this week as well. Um, if you're not aware of that, Cassie Burton, Sam May's partner, um, tweeted out about how Sam's got these concussion issues um, out of being sent back on in I think Sandful games, uh, of which he then pulled himself out once he started feeling the symptoms. Um, and this was in 2019, I think, and then he then he removed himself from selection uh, for an AFL game when he realized he had some concussion symptoms as well and she put it out there and um, I actually have there's no qualms with her putting it out there and I know she tweeted last night to think about and it's been an interesting week with you know feeling the burden of you know people that come after you when you put stuff like that out there and I I feel for her she doesn't deserve that um, that's their story and she's allowed to you know everyone's allowed to tell their story and um I don't mean story as in fiction. It's like their story as people, um, and he's dealing with some side effects from that um, and continued uh, issues with uh, seems like kind of vertigo style issues and, and and dizziness and stuff like that, which is concerning. Um, so people have started saying, "Oh, Port failed." And it's, it's like, no, there was there's protocols. Um, I think with with the sandfall and stuff like that, like these were delayed things and then he was pulled out and he's been supported by port as well which was mentioned in the article as well i meant to i did retweet it and say like i wonder if the people that are you know commenting on this have actually read the article because a lot of people were saying stuff that was directly contradicted by the article um so yeah there's there's people are lumping all this together and putting it into a package that says port are bad at concussion management and it's really it's just an entirety of the AFL problem is that we've just we we're still not we still don't have we understand that concussions are not linear for one because when pe- you know people get delayed symptoms here and there um, who was it that's uh, reported out this was it this week someone's God I swear I saw something about delayed concussion symptoms just. Uh, Oh, that's not even football. Charlie Grant, um, young Adelaide, um, born and raised, uh, Matilda. Um, she had a clash in the Canada match, which was, what, three or f- four days ago? Um, just saw a tweet last night that she's um, actually come down with delayed concussion symptoms. She played out after that, and she was wobbly on the field, apparently. Um, I was, I didn't get to see the end of the game. I was sleeping, but... Um, <sighs> 
concussion's not linear, so it's a tough one to... Now, my my thing with the port thing is like, I just would have kept them off until you were absolutely sure. That's a failure there, and I agree with it. I know that's why I'm not fighting the fine or anything like that, but just the, the understanding of con concussions is not linear because of like the Sam Mays ones. So it seems to have been delayed symptoms, which again, he pulled himself out of the game, and I don't think and port oh, we're okay with it. So... And these are, and then there was the sandful thing as well. So it's an interesting, um, very hard discussion to have, but it's something that is people need to have the discussion in a mature sense, and not and not just play the club because that's what's been happening, and that's what I've started waffling a bit. But my point was that people have been playing the club and 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 wanting to see the club punished to the ultimate degree, which has nothing to do with player welfare. Um, and 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 then the the side the side out of the you know the side mouth thing is well then then it'll make sure they don't do it again. They don't want to do it again. They didn't want to do it this time. They don't want to do it again. A hundred thousand dollars is is a decent amount of money. I don't know. These people are like, oh, it's a the people that don't understand AFL money and and the and the oh, the contributions from the AFL to clubs like because Port got seventeen million from the AFL last year, and that doesn't mean they're actually paying the fine anyway. Crow's only got like two million less, and there's like six or seven clubs that got more than Port. Um, there's a lot of clubs in that fourteen to seventeen range, um, the Crow's included. And there's money coming out of the soft cap, which is um, significant for the for the the budget of the club and and its staffing. So all of that stuff is just ridiculous. Uh, it's a ridiculous notion to because um, I mean you know if I was just handed a hundred thousand dollars that would be a decently it's not life changing. Well, it can it can be. Um, you know, Hundred thousand dollars is a significant amount of money. So if you can't, like, it's just weird that people have such a terrible understanding of how finances. Are football. I don't even have a great understanding of it, but I have an understanding enough that take being finding a an AFL football club a hundred thousand uh, dollars, and along with the intense media and public scrutiny of it. Um, the entire week has been a pretty pretty shit time to be at Port Adelaide. So to accuse Port of getting off easy um, now it could have been more. It could have been two hundred fifty thousand. I don't know. Like what? I don't know what. I don't think. I don't think there's a number unless it was something, you know, so strat like stratospheric that it would have just blown the pants off of people. That would would satisfy all. There's going to be people. There's. I've seen some people. Reasonable people say, yeah, 100k is not the what I wanted, but it's not. And you know, some reasonable people have said, you know, we know picks and points wasn't realistic, but there's so many out there that just wanted um, pain and suffering on the club because of their parochial, their their parochialism, and and it was just as I said on Twitter, I said it was just parochialism. Um, at, to a ludicrous level dressed up as concerned because they weren't concerned about Lear and Jones. They might be, like, on one part of them, they are. And good, good, you're, you're a decent human being. You're concerned about them. But your wanting of Port to be punished wasn't because of your concern for them. It was because you want Port to be punished because you don't like Port. That's it. You can't... And you, you can argue yourself in circles about it, and you can make up all your conspiracies about how well Collingwood are going to see this and go, well, we can just cop a hundred thousand dollar final grand final day and send Nick Dacos back out there. This was a warning shot from the AFL, and we're just unlucky or lucky enough, depending on your point of view, to be the first ones to really cop it. If a team 
is seen to try this again, it might. It's going to increase by amounts. I think the port, uh, the AFL is already going to be looking at ways to tighten tighten things up, and I'm sure that all clubs have gotten a memo and gotten it. This this is a pu- very public thing that all clubs are going to have seen and understood, and the AFL knows that all the clubs and doctors and coaches and staff and everyone have seen it and understood it. So it's like a warning shot across the bow and. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be the same next time. And then you know, maybe you know, you could say well, club lawyers will come out and say that you know, well, Port got this, so why can't we get this? And that's all. You're all getting into litigation stuff, and and how that would play out is would be an interesting, um, I guess, thought experiment. But if you also open up the can of worms that Port could get premiership points and draft picks docked for this, then there, then there's all sorts of legalities regarding player welfare things in the past. I mean. I saw some ludicrous tweets as well um, about um, oh if it was us like, this is from Crows fans oh if it was us we'd be docked five you know five draft picks and half a million dollars and and lose lose our premiership points and blah 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 and I'm like this is the same fans that still haven't seen any retribution for um, a systematic cover up of a player a, a camp. That was a significant player welfare issue um, that was covered up for five years, knowingly covered up for five years. Their club doctor, um, uh, Josh Jenkins, mentioned he knew and tried to blow the lid off of it and didn't. And so the club covered up. That whole thing is a... And uh, people are trying to, you know, say that it's not the same thing. It, 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 we're talking about player. If we're talking about player welfare, then all all things come into player welfare, whether it's mental health, um, and all those things that go with it. Uh, you know, and that was a systematic cover up. Port of within a day said, "Well, shit, we made a mistake," and it was very it was very openly un, open. And so, you know, it's a weird one there. And then, obviously, um, if you've seen the news in the last couple of weeks, there's the news about Darren Jarman's. Um, concussion in 1997 and the fact that he didn't even remember kicking goals that got him into the grand final and under current rules Darren Jarman wouldn't have played in that grand final um so but and and the fact that the Crows doctor at the time and the staff and the coaching and and you know whether Mike and Blight's implicated in this I don't know but and the fact that they knew that he was he was, he was fucking properly fucked and um he stayed on that they kept him on the field deliberately knowing that he was not in a good way because they went with their chances of winning over the player welfare so that's a long time in the past and I don't I don't want to litigate the past either and I'm, I'm not even that worried about I, I think the crows sh- whether there should be some investigation and some retribution for the camp um, that's for someone else to decide on that it's it's in the past now for me um, but it is just interesting when this stuff comes up and how militant and and nasty some of the crows crows people have been about port that you just don't look at you don't have the ability to look in the mirror and know that you're not um at all innocent of player welfare issues either and that's what's made it tough this week is that we should actually just be talking about concussions and and the and the and the continued need for understanding and and uh and and research and investigation and and tinkering of rules to make sure it's a little bit more clear cut um, that these mistakes can't happen. 
um, that there is some checks and balances in place for on AFL game days that there is some independent adjudicator present at all times for these matters um, that works with the doctors like you still have the club doctors do the primary checks and stuff like that but they have to check off their processes with an, an adjudicator and maybe that adjudicator is if the, these things happen uh, watches on as well and checks that everything's being done above board and but then you know if you've got concurrent concussions across two different teams on the say at the same time maybe then you've still got to you you know who knows it's you'd have to you're upping your staff num- numbers so but clearly there needs to be a, a little bit of tightening up of the rules and how that happens I have my ideas but obviously I'm not privy to the how the financials work of trying to implicate all those things but really there shouldn't be any cost to there shouldn't be a um, a limit to the cost of making sure this stuff doesn't happen. So there is that. Um, that's what's been frustrating about the dialogue this week and the discourse on on the on the on the socials is is that you know I've just spent 10, 15 minutes kind of getting distracted by all of that stuff, and instead of just talking about the issue at hand, which is concussions are quite a serious thing. Um, and, and something that's going to impact the AFL for a long time going forward as, as we get as we gain a greater understanding all the time. They're dealing with the class action already as that Darren Jarman story is a part of that. He's a part of that class action. Um, and we, we just need to talk about the, the, the actual player welfare rather than the punishments. Port of Cot the punishment, a significant one. Whether you think it's significant or not, Oh, I don't know. Just go home and play with your play with your toys and and get angry about it. I guess I don't know. Like it's just ludicrous that we have to. Like I just I was on Twitter last night and late into the night here in um, Los Angeles as well, and just uh, just because I kept on getting notified, I just I'd be just about to go to sleep and there'd be another one, another one person chirping in the comments about how I'm not arguing the same thing or I'm I'm make I'm don't care about player welfare and all that kind of stuff and it's just and none of it actually can and it was all because I didn't I for some, they just believed that I thought this punishment wasn't significant I was happy with the punishment and I didn't really care about player welfare because I didn't want the port to get punished to the worst degree and that's just not the conversation we should be having is my main point we should be having a conversation about what went wrong and how do we fix it and how do we make sure that players like because head clashes are going to happen still um, unfortunately that's the nature of our game um, I guess you could go into the existential things that you know some you know I know have been spending a lot of time in America and spending a lot of time in the college football space and the NFL space uh, God, the college football space has ruined my morning um I'm an Oregon fan, and and well, just some. Well, I'm an Oregon fan. I went to the University of Oregon. Some of the biggest news in the history of the program really is broken this morning with us moving conferences. So that's that's ruined my morning, and why I'm not as prepared for this podcast either because I just spent. I wake up to a text message from a, a, a friend of mine that works at a major sports broadcaster, and he's kind of giving you know giving the heads up that there's going to be breaking news, and it just kept on happening all morning, and and fucked my brain up but um you know having spent time in the, a lot of time in the college football space and the nfl space that and they have you know you could say they're five ten years ahead on this stuff because they've had the class action stuff years ago you know the will smith movie was fucking eight nine years ago wasn't it ten years ago maybe um so you know they've been ahead of the game on, on this and and 
dealt with it and the existential questions and crises of of the NFL and stuff was like is this sport going to survive now it seems that they've found ways but there's still it's still there it's still bubbling in the background but they've just they, and comparing the sports is tough either as well because they're just completely different sports completely different um, aesthetics to the sport and how it's played and how head injuries happen because AFL is so all over the place compared to NFL is you know two lines running at each other essentially that's simplifying it but the way head injuries happen in that sport is quite different to uh, to AFL whereas you know AFL is either crashing to the ground um, the tackles obviously that they're, they've stamped down on this year and there's still an imperfect understanding of how we adjudicate that um, and then it's just the fact that players are coming from every different angle you can't you kind of know in the NFL where a player is going to be coming from but you know you can have your own player hit you as the Lockie Jones and Aaliyah incident happened because you don't you kind of eyes on the ball and two people coming from two different directions you don't realize that there's that collision is going to happen that's the existential crisis of it is can our sport ever survive truly without continuing to deal with concussions who knows and then you know, we see Paddy McCartan hit the turf in a pretty innocuous incident earlier this year and 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 look um, quite scarily wobbly and we realise he's had, what, six, seven, eight concussions already and, and then there's that, that question which is people don't want to get into it but should he have been playing because he's cleared of, you know, they say he's cleared of, uh, you know, the concussion symptoms and he's cleared to play medically but as we get a greater understanding of... Um, uh, CTE and, and brain trauma and all that stuff, we realise that the brain doesn't really fully recover and that this stuff kind of keeps going. And so is there, you know, what level, you know, there's been the Hawthorne player, I'm forgetting his name, the young ruckman that's um, been told that he can't play contact sport anymore. Where was that for someone like Paddy McCartan? And then these, there's all these, you start going down the, you start going down this rabbit hole of how do we actually make sure this doesn't happen you realize i don't know if we can but then you just got to have the protocols in place and that's where that's where Paul ultimately failed on the weekend uh we've taken our licks from the from the uh i was about to say from the government from the <laughs> from the afl um and uh and we we just have to move on with the awareness and understanding of what happened don't just forget it understand that it happened um make sure it make sure that there's a real inquiry within the club, which I'm sure there is, um, about what went wrong. Um, and I'm sure Mark Fisher, the doctors, um, had quite a tough week in trying to, you know, reconcile with himself where he went wrong. And, and, and certainly as a doctor and his, his duty of care to the people in, in his care, he would feel, um, bad about, you know, sending a Lear back on. Um, cause as much as some people have been painting him out to be a demon for some reason this week, you know, he's, a uh, uh, he's, you know, he's a doctor and he cares for these guys and he's been a club doctor for a long, long time and um, highly respected by a lot of port people. So, you know, there's humans in, involved in this at the end of the day and and we've got to look after them rather than think about, you know, the just the... Just the, just the, the stupid stuff like, oh, you know, how much I want to see an opposition club get hurt, you know. You know, the point, all the points deduction stuff and all that stuff was pure, pure parochialism, and and you can't tell me otherwise. Especially after last night and seeing how people were acting on Twitter, it just it emboldened me to to believe that there was no there was no um, real pure intent in behind any of it. Um, 
particularly with the fact that uh, uh, there was so much um, kind of performance art about how about how disgraceful it was that Port won't punish harder, and while in the in the same in the same breath saying that you know their club would have been punished harder when they when they've gotten away with a lot too. Um, so. I don't know. I don't, I'm going to keep speaking in circles if I keep, keep going on about it. But you know, really, my point is that you know we fucked up. We own it. Um, but if you're going to come at a club that's not yours about something to do with player welfare, then maybe have the players in mind uh, rather than what kind of punishment you like to see the club club receive. Because re- you're really just telling on yourself if you if you keep going down that path. Ah, oh, fuck. After all that, I don't know. We played Geelong this week. I don't even know what to make of that game at this point. We we released the side, then, what, three different players go out injured? Oh, wait, I don't think Lysett was named, but, you know, it felt like... Ugh, fuck me. The vibes have changed so significantly since three to four weeks ago that I... My head is spinning. And... Like, truly spinning. And, I mean, I just mentioned earlier about the, the college football news that's just ruined my brain over the last day and a bit I mean it's been coming but it's just I am absolutely fucked um so yeah we have Dixon out we have Farrell's out sick Dixon's out because you know he's been on one leg for half the season anyway still battling well I'm I'm a Dixon lover um geez you say that quickly that could go badly in the wrong wrong room um <laughs> I do love Dixon um and uh, but he has been you know he's been battling as well as he can but he's been on one leg lice that's going in for surgery now that's fucking fun um so Ollie Lord's in uh fucking I think I'm trying to get my head around the side Francis Evans is back into the side that was controversial um but, you know, I, I said on Twitter, you know, selections are never as linear as they seem, though Evans still seems a bit sn- stiff after his performance last week. So, but geez, we need Ollie Lord to... Ollie Lord's shown some promise this year. His kicking's been probably his big letdown. Probably his big letdown. It has been his big letdown. But he has a good mitts. Um, their defense is missing... Um, uh, uh, Stewart? Is it Stewart's out? No, Blick- Blickarve, sorry. Um, so he's out, uh, Stewart is still playing, so that's fine. Um, Radically is in, so future port player, hopefully, um, getting, getting one more game against his old side. Uh, so, you know, it's an interesting, you know, the storylines earlier this week was because Hawkins is out as well in their forward line was can port go down there and finally break the hoodoo down there? Cause if you're ever going to get them, this is the time, but then we've lost half the fucking players that we had available to us as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's rough. I don't know what to make of it. You know, obviously Aaliyah's out. Um, you know, Aaliyah and Lockie Jones are out from the head injuries last week. Lysett's out. So Vicentini, um, another chance for him. I like some of what I've seen from Vicentini, just obviously young and, and getting his first shot at the AFL level. Uh, so hopefully we see a bit more from him and get some continued growth. Again, a good chance for him, though, going down there. It's, um, you know, a great place to try to prove yourself. Um yeah, it's a really interesting kind of mix of players. Uh, but, you know, sometimes this year has been the kind of... You know, I see fucking Jason Horn Francis named a halfback. Like, it's going to be it's going to be a wild kind of mix, I think, that we see this week. Um, it'll be interesting to see even where the, this sub comes from. I assume it'll probably be Bonner. Um, I was surprised he didn't maybe come into the side. Um, but it's good to see Williams back in and, and stuff like that. But I don't know what to expect. 
I hope we fucking win, but I actually don't expect us to. I just think I just think with the week it's been, um, though you know you look in the the wake of the last showdown, um, you know it was a it was yeah you know everything every the world seemed against us and we somehow went down and got that win in, uh, up in Sydney um, against all odds. Didn't play the best footy that day, but found uh, but gritted it out. Um, so you know I'm not I'm not sure what to expect from from the game. I hope we win, but I'm not expecting it, and um, that's how that's how damn bad I am right now. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a, it's just been one of those weeks, and it, uh, fucking Jesus. All right, quick break, and I'll be back to finish off. I guess my final point to finish off here. Um, it's been a rough week for Port, and I'm not exactly sure what this means for the rest of the season. We're still in a good position. We lose this week, we start really falling into that bottom part of the top four, and, and there's still the chance that we slip out of that if we keep losing. Um, but we should be making finals. Where we end up is going to be, you know, it, it's possibly going to look pretty bad considering where we were at one point this year. Um We'll end up in the finals. I don't know exactly what to expect now. There's a lot of guys going down. I just don't think we're going to have the cattle going forward. But, you know, keep treating it week to week. Uh, as much as this week sucked, as much as I'm a bit down bad about the team right now and just suddenly feeling quite negative again after just being... And it's not like I want to be negative. I'm not negative in the sense that I'm, I'm actively trying to be. I just I just fear the injuries and all, and all that stuff is concerning me. It's not like I have a conspiracy about Ken Hinckley being shit, um, though I still... You know the questions about whether we should be pushing forward with the contract until the end of the season when we can really review things. That's something I believe should, uh, and I might have a disagreement with the club if something like that goes forward. But I'm not going to lose my mind about it either. Um, but yeah, take it week to week. Um, after all I've said in this podcast and about being down bad and how disappointing the loss was, the concussion stuff's all shit. Not having much hope for this week's game. Love this club. Love this club. Always will. Um, and, you know, uh, saying this right now, I should always ignore, oh, oh, I should also acknowledge, and I will try to get some more AFLW chat out soon as the season is getting very close. Uh, we had a season launch for the um, the AFLW. Um, they've, they've, you know, launched the, the, um, the leadership squad. Um, congrats to Erin Phillips for, again, being captain of, of her beloved Port Adelaide um, for a second year running. Um you know, there's a lot of positives at the club as well. We sometimes get bogged down in the the. You know, we've got to remember we've got an AFLW side as well, and they're equally as equally important now. Um, and uh, you know, get excited for them. Um, and just you know, football and sports sucks most of the time. As a fan of many teams around the world, and and I've I was in I was an Oregon student when we made our first national championship game and and lost on a heartbreaking field goal um, when we thought we should win. Um, I've been through so many sports heartbreaks and it all comes around it's just that's the thing about sports is it's actually mostly shit it's always shit and you occasionally win a title or a big game or, or whatever it is and you get this massive hope or you win just one of those classic showdowns that gives you a buzz but then you lose a lot again and then, but then you have a good winning streak like 13 games in a row and also it feels good but then you lose 3 in a row and it's shit again it's part of the journey unfortunately um Unless you've been incredibly lucky to be like, you know, a fan of one of those dynasty teams, or you know, if you're just a Real Madrid fan or a Barcelona fan, one of those teams that wins, you know, that is has one hand on the trophy every year, and they just have to fight between themselves, basically. 
in sports like ours that are based on a draft system and 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 that kind of equalization like you know afl footy is um some of the american sports are as well although there's still you know still that stuff that happens that the big clubs get a bit of an advantage but it's a journey that is often going to be um you know peppered with with moments that just make you feel like absolute shit but you know i love this club and always have always will um and regardless, you know, there's still a season to play for here. Uh, it's feeling bitterly rough, and we're starting to see that oh, they don't, just don't have it stuff come out at the moment. But um, my thing that I always say to myself uh, when it, where, there's often been a thing in passport seasons when when it's you know gotten to the point where you know that they're not going to make finals, I just go well, bring on, bring on the next year. Now we're not at that point yet, but I'll always always say that I'm always excited for the next year and that's where I'm at you know I have my cynicism my little dry humor and all those things that I say that I I I utilize humor and self-deprecation to deal with my own um anxieties and depression about sport, my sports teams and that's how I do it but um I do hope that the impression at the end of it always is that I am passionate and love this club and um and that's never gonna that's never gonna go away so can the pair crossing fingers toes and everything else for a win this don't think about that too hard uh a win this weekend and uh and hopefully i'll be back in a, a m- by some miracle in a much better mood um next week can the pair <laughs>